The advice given on sex and other human activities is for entertainment purposes only. If you've got a question for us, send us an email at cavecomedyradio at gmail.com. You know, I think Peter Pan had it right. (laughs) As to... You know what? Let's just never grow up. Yeah, let's why not? I think that that's... I I want that to be the new philosophy. (laughs) Never deal with it. I'm going to go live in fucking Never Never Land. And, uh, you know... Captain Hook be damned. Yeah, where is Never Neverland, though? I don't know. Antarctica. <laughs> Welcome to Sex and Other Human Activities, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to go freeze to death in Antarctica. Let's do it, man. We're going to make an igloo. Apparently, it's warm on the inside of those. <laughs> yeah. Right? That's the thing. That's why they do it. Why else would they build them? I don't know. They love furs. <laughs> I want to get a, a pack of dog sledding dogs, and then that's how we'll travel everywhere. And um, I'll build a bodega so I can make sure I get my sparkling water. Yeah, but who works at the bodega? We do. <laughs> yeah, but then we just have a job in Antarctica. <laughs> Does that sound great, though? It's like, oh, it's so awful outside. It's awful every day. And that's what That'll be like our shtick. And then we'll ride down the dog sleds back to the igloo. <laughs> that sounds awful. I want my own igloo. You have to build your own igloo. All right, fine. We'll get two igloos. Yeah, but we're also going to dress like um, the, uh, the Lost Boys. We're going to freeze to death. Yeah, but you know. Fake food. <laughs> remember that fake food fight? I remember the fake food fight. <laughs> well, yeah, we we are back. We uh we did come back after uh, a long hiatus. We had an episode last week, uh, but now we're back. We can talk a little bit about why we were gone for so long. Yeah, we can get into it a, little, a bit. little bit, not a whole lot, but yeah, a little bit. I think you know, as you get further away from something, it makes it easier to talk about. Yeah. Um, it uh, it's been rough. I've had a very, very rough time. Right. And it's, it has to do with growing up, which is why I don't want to grow up. But that's, them's the breaks, kids. Same here. Because if you don't grow up, you don't grow. And you don't learn anything about yourself. And that's something that you got to do. You yeah. have to communicate with yourself. You have to communicate with others. And sometimes it's difficult and you want to pretend like you don't have to. I think not growing up with that results in, once you get to a certain age, I think what it results in is that it is fun sometimes, but I think it turns into just a cycle of misery. It's loneliness. Yeah, loneliness. That is exactly what it is. Yeah, if you don't grow up, you end up just lonely. Because everyone else leaves you behind, mm-hmm. as they should. Or or you're being dragged behind miles and miles, and you're all beat up, and you're just like, come on, guys, let me get up in the dog sled. <laughs> it's like, you can't. You haven't grown up. You have to You have to get, be strapped to the dog sled. <laughs> well, I want to drive you. I want to drive the dog sled. No, you can't drive. you got to grow up to drive the dog sled. Fine. That's the problem. Yeah. So uh, I've been going through a lot of issues. A lot of adult issues, mm-hmm. and it sucks. A lot of relationship issues, very heavy, very deep relationship issues that I have been dealing with. And the thing is that with constant communication and growth, it is tiring. And it gets you to the point where it's like, I just don't even want to do it anymore. Can I just hide? Can I just get to the bottom of my jizzy and pretend like nothing's happening? You can do it too much. Yes. And that was something that I was doing. A little too much. Yeah. And not realizing what was happening in front of me. Well, sometimes you can communicate too much and it becomes the relationship. Yes. It becomes like, it, it's like a meta relationship where your relationship is just about the relationship. All of your conversations are about the relationship uh, and you don't have any fun. You kind of forget why you're with the other person. Because it's all work yeah. and no play. And that was something that we, you know, that in my relationship we had been doing for weeks to the point 
that since we are such that we both have worked for 10 years to communicate with each other that when we decided that we were unsure of where we were going i moved out mm-hmm. Because it was like, well, if we got to think about things, we ca- we can't just keep doing this. We need to go our separate ways, and we got to think about what's going on. We got to both write down stuff. We got to work on shit on our own, and then come back when when we're both ready and discuss it again. And for us, it took about three weeks mm-hmm. of complete no communication, and that is a very difficult thing to do. And now we are back and we are working on things and we're finding out things about each other that I never knew things that I did. And he's learning about things that we that we were always communicating, but we weren't properly communicating. Yeah, we were communicating about day to day things, but we weren't talking about the future. We weren't talking about our concrete ideals of of what we want. At the end of the day, it's like. You want to communicate, of course, like if I'm, you know, having a really panic ridden day, you know, we discuss it and we talk through that, but we di- we weren't talking about the future. Well, it's just short term communication. Exactly. Yeah. And that, and that is short term communication can be exhausting as well sometimes mm-hmm. because, you know, people like me and you, like we, uh, we need a lot of communication. It's just the way we're wired. We have to do it. Otherwise, what we're in will not work. Uh, I've had that problem many, I mean, hell, I've been having that problem recently of just not communicating and not getting what is in my head out, you know, and not taking the advice that hell I gave just last week, you know, about the paranoia of just talking about what goes on in your head. And I actually, after I uh, worked on the episode, after I listened to it again, like I had to go in the other room and hug Carolina and tell her I loved her and thank you for (laughs) dealing (laughs) with this. Thank you for dealing with this. You know, thank you for being patient uh, to wait for me uh, to finally talk about things. And, you know, sometimes it just takes a lot of courage to talk about shit because it is it is difficult. It's not an easy thing to do. Like, I I mean, I I don't know if we ever sound flippant on here when we talk about communicating with somebody else and being honest about shit. I hope we don't because communicating is fucking hard work, man. And it is scary. It is extremely scary. And that's what it is, because then you find yourself, even if you are in an open, like, communication relationship, you find yourself anticipating how they would react, and so you hold back on some things. Yes. And those are the things that eat away at your brain, Mm -hmm. that you don't even realize it, that I will journal about it, and I'm dealing with it in other ways, but I never openly say it because I don't want to know the answer. Yeah, and that's the biggest thing you don't want to, and those are the things you need to talk about the most. Right. But it gets to a point that it's not, because it's like, well, we're not having fun, because all we're doing is working on this, but there are times in a long-term relationship that it's not fun. No. You're, I mean, you're dancing around the big shit, because mm-hmm. that's what, when you're talking all the time and communicating all the time, I think a lot of times what it means is that there is one big thing that neither one of you want to talk about, and you're both trying to find an easy way in. You're just trying to find that where you're just kind of, where you can just slide into it, uh, and it's not going to be as scary. But a lot of times, you just have to dive in. And the problem is I know I'm not the only person. I have many friends that do this where sometimes those things that you're dancing around about come after you had a bunch and you are 80 sheets to the wind and then you say it. Yeah. 
And that's not the time to talk about it. No. That's not when you bring those things up. But when those are the times you bring those things up, obviously it's on your mind. Obviously. It will subconsciously. Yes. At the very least. And then when you get fucking trashed, that's when you kind of have the courage to say it. Or it's not necessarily the courage. You don't have the ability to hold back anymore. Like, you just, it just comes out because you're not thinking you're just fucking reacting uh and that is the precisely wrong time to do it that is the worst time to do it i dated someone for a while that she would uh always wait until we got drunk to talk about stuff that was bothering her and it was infuriating because when we woke up the next morning nothing was resolved because she didn't want to talk about it anymore uh and it's a uh, that's the fucking worst way that you can do it that's the worst way you can communicate with someone is while drunk like i have a rule where it's like if we're drunk like had to set this rule if we're drunk we don't talk about the important shit you wait until the next day because you know what it will wait Nothing is going to end. Nothing's going to change. It will wait until the next day when you're both in your right mind. Uh, but you're also going to have to got to take that courage that you had the night before and bring it up again. and Bring not, it into your sober life. Bring it into your sober life and not back out of it and make excuses like, oh, I was just drunk. I didn't really mean that. Sometimes when you're drunk, you do say shit that you don't mean. But you have to be honest with yourself with shit you don't mean and shit you did mean, just fucking scared to talk about. And I just, I guess why I didn't really want to get into too much of this is because, you know, this was rough. Yeah. It, was, it was one of the roughest things I've ever gone through. It was a rough few weeks. Yes. But I did want to just say that, like, I actually put my money where my mouth was when I said that I think that we need to take a complete break for a while and not talk to it. We did not speak to each other we didn't communicate with each other we didn't three weeks of separate lives and it helped so much it put my head on straight and put his head on straight and of course there's a lot of questions a lot of, enough there's no button there's no solution to this but when you have that time away and you're able to do that and actually deal with it and think about what do I want it's not even about a relationship it's what do I want in this that you need to know what you want to get that from a partner. Because how can you communicate if you don't know exactly what you want? Sometimes it's hard to figure out what it is that you want. Right. And and sometimes it still is a little, you know, it, it's, it's liquid. But you have to at least figure out the staples of the things that you're not thinking about. And figure out if, if this is something that you really want and something that you cannot get in this relationship then the relationship is over. Yeah. If those are your concrete columns inside of your soul, things that you will, I mean, it's all compromise, but there are things inside of you that you will not compromise on. Yeah. And that's okay. Just that you need for your personality to hook up with somebody else's where you're not going to be miserable and kind of crazy the entire time. Like you have to have that match. And if you don't, then it's going to be miserable. It's just going to be misery. And it's just going to come back to, fighting and bullshit all the time and no one needs to live that way you don't have to live that way uh even if you shit even if you're married you know even if you're in deep with somebody else like you don't have to live that way no one is making you live that way you can get out if you need to but you can also work on it if you want to 
if you both want to. If you both want to. That yeah. is what is so important that, like, if we both weren't into working, I mean, it's work. Because a weekend of not speaking to him, I was on the phone with my sister just being like, I'll give him anything he wants. I'll do, I'll be whatever he wants me to be. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll just give up everything that I've ever wanted. And, like, at that time, she's like, do not talk to him. Mm-hmm. This is not the time. It's like, you need to figure this shit out. It's like, you can't just give yourself over to someone you can't just erase everything you can't you can't rip apart the concrete columns inside of you for someone else no it doesn't work you'll be miserable you got to work on that shit so it was just like it was just a really really horrible time that you know i've i feel like i've grown a lot yeah and it sucks it was awful it was bad <laughs> it was really really bad yeah but you know I'm working on it. And also, I reached out to people. Mm-hmm. I reached out to everyone around me because that's who I am, because I needed support. And when you give support constantly, when you are, when you're around people and you have a friend base that's like that, everyone was there. Mm-hmm. Like, I can never thank everyone enough for that. I, I mean, some people aren't that lucky, though. I know. You know? It, and that's what it made me appreciate what yeah. I had. And I think that's also something is that I wasn't appreciating what I had. We have a lot of listeners that write in and say things like they're stuck in a town where they don't know anybody. Or hell, sometimes they're stuck in a fucking country where they don't know anybody. Uh, How do those people deal with that? I mean, honestly, I feel like even for me, there were some nights when, uh, you know, you can't rely on everybody every night. I would go to a coffee shop or I'd go to a bar and I would make friends with the bartender <laughs> yeah. and I would tell them exactly what was going on. She's like, I just need someone to talk to right now. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is that when you don't have, I mean, if, if you're speaking the same language, obviously, but if you don't have it in your life every day, it is so surprising the strength of strangers Yeah, that people are really, they will be there for you. If you need it and you reach out to anyone, if you're in the same place as them, it's so interesting to see how many people will also be like, man, I just went through it. You know, it's like, and then you make weird stranger friends. Stranger friends are pretty great. I, I had, there were many nights with stranger friends. <laughs> I had quite a few stranger friends like, because I just didn't trust myself to be alone. Yeah. And I couldn't do it because I know me and I know that I couldn't do it. Not in the beginning, at least. And, you know, eventually it was like, well, I have to learn how to be alone now. But I tell you. Something that I never thought about before is the internal monologue of being alone is so strong that it actually really amazed me. I felt like I was always with somebody because I was constantly talking inside of my head because I was all alone. Oh, that's how I am all the time. See, you do that all the time, but I don't like to be alone. (laughs) And I'm never alone. Yeah, I'm alone a lot. But I also grew up alone. Yeah. Yeah. You got well. You and Henry, you know, are so close in age that uh, you know you got you know you always had somebody there. But with me, I was like alone. My brothers are you know a lot older than I am, uh, and I was also living way out in the country, so it was a lot of time alone. Yeah, it sucks, doesn't it? Yes, <laughs> especially for my brain because I immediately get dark. Yeah, me too. I mean, it, it was it wasn't good. Mm-hmm. It was it got a little scary. Yeah. But you know. All you can do is work through it. And when it got scary, I would find anyone to call on the phone. I would just do anything because I just knew that I needed to reach out. And that's a hard thing to see in yourself where it's like, I do view myself as a strong person. And I I 
at but at that moment I was weak. Yeah. I was weak for a while. It's okay to admit weakness. Yes. And it's hard for me, but it's hard for everybody. Yeah. It, it's hard to see that in yourself when you I mean, like laying on the floor, just sobbing, just being like, please, please. Like those like vulnerable moments where you're just like, Jesus Christ, yeah, man. I've had that moment. Whew. Yeah. I remember once uh, after a breakup, I, I broke down and started like lying on the floor like during a video game. I was playing like Batman Arkham Asylum <laughs> and I was like, had just moved out and I'm in this fucking awful shitty apartment with, the, there wasn't even a fucking kitchen in it. Uh, and I'm just sitting there playing this stupid fucking Batman video game. It's just like, ah! Screaming. Fuck! Fuck! And then just like getting down on the floor. It's like, ah! Uh, it it's awful. It hits you, man. It hits you real fucking hard. Uh, but you get through it. You always get through it. You know whether things end well or things just end completely. Uh, and with that one for me, like it just ended completely. It's fun. It worked out. You know, it was a shitty year, but after it was done, it worked out. Fuck, it worked out great for you, and that's amazing. Some people it doesn't work out. Uh, and sometimes you have to keep going through that shitty the time stages of grief and it just keep yeah the stages of grief and it just keeps going and keeps going until finally it's over uh and it will be over it will end but also i find that it's like in those moments of weakness is what gives you such great strength yeah you find the strength you will find the strength it's insane that the human body it's like it's like you phoenix you can rise from the ashes because it's just you have to. I think everybody needs to have their heart broken at least a couple times. Yeah. It really helps. Like it helps. I don't know. It's everything in perspective. Yeah, it puts everything in perspective. I, I really think that like it's heartbreak is just something that humans need to go through at some point in their life. Heartbreak also helps you to appreciate other people a lot more. And mm -hmm. it also makes you a more empathetic person when you go through that heartbreak. If you got somebody who just never got their heart stomped on they're not as empathetic as somebody who may have gone through a fucking horrible divorce uh or just a bad breakup at, at one point in their life i think it makes you a hell of a lot stronger and you know it's not all bad it's not all a terrible awful experience you can't take some positive things from it but then there's also it's like i mean we have a good friend of ours that's in his 30s that has never wanted to be in a relationship but does want to be in a relationship but because he's so scared of getting his heart broken, he won't even try. Yeah. And it's something that he so desperately wants but is so abhorrently against that when you talk to him about any kind of – like not to say that it's like some people just don't want relationships. But the fact when you look at someone that is so scared to do it, even though they want to do it, it's a, you got to figure out what's going inside of your brain, man. It's like – for him, I know he had a lot of childhood trauma, and that's why he doesn't want to. He doesn't want his heart to be broken the way it was as a child yeah. and losing a pair very early. But that doesn't mean that you can just live inside of a fridge for the rest of your life because that doesn't get you anywhere either. When And, he, you know, sometimes he gets really upset because the advice he gives to everyone else in relationships or have at least been in relationships that are now currently single or anything like that he just doesn't know how to yeah because he's never been through it it's not a bad thing it's just it's so sad that if you really want it and you're just too scared to do it but that's how you 
That's how you live. Yeah, it's Living how you is hurt. Yeah. <laughs> Life is pain. It is. Oh, it is. It is because if you're not going to try, like if you're not going to hit those highs, you know, if you can't hit the highs, you're not going to hit the lows. And that's, it's like, oh, so I'm just going to coast in the middle. Yeah, I mean, that, that's what I've talked about on here before is that a lot of my life is striving for moments of joy, just trying to find them. And sometimes in striving for those moments of joy, I'll fall off a fucking cliff, fall a very long way and hurt myself very badly. But man, it's worth it for those moments. Those highs. It's really worth it for those highs and it's worth it for those joys. I think everybody just needs to reach. If you're scared, if you've been heartbroken and... Well, it, heartbroken in the way that our friend has been at a very young age, you know, and it's traumatizing. Get back into it. You know, it's it's worth it because you will survive. You're not going to die of heartbreak. No one dies of heartbreak. It kind of felt like it. Yeah. Felt like, I mean, it felt like my whole body hurt. It does feel like dying sometimes. It, it feels, yeah, but it's but like, you're but not you're not going to die. Yeah, it just gonna, feels like you might. You, <laughs> <laughs> but you're yeah. not going to. You're not going to, but it feels like you might die. No, I know that I know that feeling. I, I know the the uh, possibility of, uh, of death from heartbreak that you think is the possibility of death, but it actually isn't. It's not. Yeah. It's worth it to get to the good moments. But thank you guys for listening. Mm-hmm. You know, I just, you know, I feel like you needed to know something of what was happening. It was just bad. It was all bad. It was all bad. And, and like we say, uh, if if we're in a bad place, then we're not in any place to help y'all out. Lord knows. I would have just sat here and just be like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's basically what I was. Yeah. Not maybe not that bad. No, 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 no. I no. just you know, there's a lot of different bars and coffee shops I won't go back to anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> well, you want to get to a letter, please? All right. What are we gonna call this person? Got a gender neutral name, so I'm not. <laughs> I can't say man or woman. Okay. How about um, bones? Bones. Just straight up bones. Bones. Hey, bone man. Hey, bones. Bones. Says hello, Jackie and Marcus. Hello. I've struggled with depression my entire life. I know some people say that and mean it in a more hyperbolic way. I mean it literally. I remember my mom telling me that when I was in second or third grade, a teacher of mine told her that she strongly felt like I was depressed and needed to seek help. With that being said, you two have helped me make the jump to change my medication. I've been taking Lexapro for about three years and I hit the point where it just wasn't helping anymore. Since I don't know what quote unquote normal feels like, how will I know when I find a medication that works for me? I'm currently on a different medication is it just one of those things where once I find it, I know, thank you for your time, bones. It's different for everybody. That's the uh, shitty thing about it is that there's no real checklist. I know for me personally, when I've gone through shit, when I feel like I've found the right one, like the one that I've been on now, I've been on for longer than I have been any other. Like I think I've been on this one since... I think January. So about four months now. Uh, and it's still, I mean, it's still working. It's still fucking doing pretty good. Like, I'm very cautious, as I always am with this stuff. But it feels like it's working pretty good. I think for me, uh, when I knew that it was working was when things started to get easier. Uh, because I think a lot of the misconceptions about medication is that it's supposed to make you happy. Uh, is that if you're depressed, then, you know, logic follows that the medication that you take is supposed to 
make the opposite happen where it's supposed to make you happy but it doesn't do that uh no it, that's just called street drugs yeah. <laughs> you know that's uh, yeah that's other things that, yeah, that'll but, be like no i feel great for yeah. 20 minutes yeah molly makes you happy oh yeah they, yeah they makes you feel happy yeah it makes you yeah it makes you feel happy but that's not medication that's just drugs yes but also you were saying this was the medication that you went on in january that you were having those vivid dreams right mm, no this is a different one a different i'm not one. having the vivid dreams anymore so but that was something that like i feel like when you were going through your medication that there are certain side effects of things that you could not deal with in your life. Yeah. That I think that like when you find a medication, I feel like it seems to be that it's a lot more about the side effects and how it makes you feel. There are side effects to this one. Like there's uh, there's drowsiness. Uh, that's that's the biggest one where it's a slight drowsiness that I just kind of had to get used to that I had to factor into my life. It's like, okay, well, I'm going to be a little bit drowsy most of the time now. I can deal with that because it does make, I think it's a, it's a cost reward type of balance uh, where the rewards I get from taking it outweigh the cost of a little bit of drowsiness, which is totally fine because, you know, shit sucks when you got mental illness. You got to take care of it. It's fucking hard. Life is hard in general already. Life is hard for everybody. And then when you have mental illness, it adds that extra little thing onto it. It's like living with, you know, weights tied around your legs. But that doesn't mean that you could ignore it. It doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. It's just something you got to fucking deal with. And when you deal with it with medication, if that's what works best for you, sometimes people just do it with therapy and that works right for them. But if you have to deal with it with medication, you're not going to have a fix-all type drug where you take it, there's no side effects, you feel great, and life is suddenly perfect. You just take it to make things easier because mental illness makes life very difficult, uh, especially untreated mental illness. It makes life extremely difficult, if not downright impossible sometimes. And I think for me, when I found a medication that made life manageable, that made life easier in order for me to get through my day-to-day -day without feeling like my head was going to twist off my shoulders, then that was the right medication for me, where I was able to go through my day-to-day -day, and I was able to get to the point of happiness. Like, I could see it. Like, I could actually see, and not even happiness, um, contentment. Just mm -hmm. being to a place of just being content where you could relax maybe for 10 minutes out of the fucking day. Just a place of uh, contentment where possibly you can get to the place of happiness because happiness is a little too far to shoot for. Uh, you have to get halfway there. Like, you can't get all the way to your destination in one goal. You have to actually put in the work to do it one little step at a time. So concentrate on that. Just concentrate on getting halfway there before you try to concentrate on getting all the way there. It's just like, okay, let's make it one week. See if we can be content for one week. All right, we made it a week. Awesome. Let's see if we can go two weeks. And if you fall off... You can start all over again. It's like, okay, well, wipe it that off. didn't work. Wipe off the dust. Let's start again. See if we can make it a week or see if you can make it a day, just a little bit at a time. And I think when you found the right thing is when you don't think about that anymore. When you don't think about, I'm going to make it a day. I'm going to make it a week. I'm going to make it a month. When you find that you haven't thought about making it to the next day, week, month, in a while when that becomes a memory instead of a reality. Maybe.
because it's different for everybody. But that's how it works for me. Do you think that it would benefit Bones to try and pinpoint what she doesn't like about Lexapro? If you say the Lexapro stopped working, then what did it mean for it to work? Right. That's what I mean to to discuss with the psychiatrist about that, that maybe then your psychiatrist can help you find something else that more caters towards what you need Mm -hmm. as well. That like what was different before that that you are now suffering as well because I mean you went that through that as well that you were on the same medication for years and then all of a sudden it just wasn't doing what it did yeah. anymore well that's because I was on the wrong on the kind. wrong medication yeah. but that is a huge thing it's a gigantic thing I mean it's my main biz but what did you realize was different between all of the years of you taking it and when you realized maybe this isn't for me anymore I was losing control I had no control whatsoever over my emotions my feelings what was going on and you know course like emotions can be very uncontrollable things but this was something beyond that because it it made me feel like I did when all these symptoms started to manifest the first time like I started getting flashbacks to certain days when I had my first breakdown and certain feelings and people say that like smells are such a big pathway to the brain I think uh, certain emotions especially with uh, mental illness like those sorts of like chemically induced emotions can take you back to a place and to a memory so fucking fast. And I think that's a a big part of it is that I started to to realize like, oh, I haven't felt like this in 10 years. When did I last feel like this? Oh, I remember that day, you know, or I remember that fucking week or that month. It was just completely out of my control and I was exhausted and miserable. Uh, And that's when I realized I needed to go to something else. And then once I got on the right shit, you know, I wasn't struggling anymore. And maybe that's a big part of it, too, is if you're still struggling every day uh, and a hard struggle because, you know, you know, sometimes life is a struggle. Life, I mean, yeah. life is a struggle. Yeah, everything is a struggle. But if you're just struggling to keep your eyes open, just struggling to get out of bed, just struggling to not punch someone in the face. Yeah, that's when you need to get some help. Yeah, uh, that's when you know that shit's not working anymore. I think bones at least you're taking care of your shit. Yeah, and that's what matters most. It's like, and then you just keep trying until you're not struggling every second of the day anymore, mm-hmm. and it will come. Yeah, it absolutely will come. You just have to be patient. Yeah, because uh, that's that's the key to this whole thing it is uh, just intense patience. Uh, that's and that is one thing that mental illness teaches you. It is yeah. patience, patience, <laughs> patience, patience with yourself. It's something that I'd struggle with. I have to practice so much patience with myself. Is that sometimes there's not a hell of a whole lot left over for anybody else. But that's not fair, right? And you have to save part of it. I feel like you have mm-hmm. to save part of it. That it's like. You need to breathe that out and do the breathing exercises of just like, no, I will be patient for other people. I am not a selfish person. Mm -hmm. I can do this. I can extend myself to not just being patient with myself. Yeah. Not that it's being selfish, but like there's only so much your body can do. Yeah. But I feel you got to save it. It's like having your like third stomach for dessert. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? It's like you got to save that portion of it for other people. Your little patience pocket. Your patience pocket. (laughs) Ugh.
Uh, uh, but I mean, that's what you always have to remember is that, you know, it's not when you're going through that shit and you're with somebody uh, or help, even if you're not with somebody, you're just friends or family going to work. You're not you're, your coworkers. You're not the only one going through it. And you've got to remember that everyone else is living their life, too. It is not all about you. All of us have our own bullshit. We're all living our own lives. And when you're going through something, just remember that your loved ones are also going through that too Mm -hmm. keep that in mind uh when you're going through your shit because mental illness also has a um propensity to push people away and if you are constantly focusing on your own thing without any regard to the people around you that's when you lose people and sometimes people do abandon their friends when they're going through some shit because they're shitty people yeah they weren't good friends in the first place. yeah they're just not good friends in the first place but sometimes when someone does suffer from mental illness they can push others away because it is exhausting to deal with is absolutely exhausting to deal with, and we're human. There have been people who, uh, at certain times in my life, that kind of pieced out a little bit. They had every reason to, because I pushed them away. I made it all about me all the time. I thought that my shit was more important than theirs, and I was wrong. And it's totally okay for them to go away, because they should have. I deserved it. That's why you just try and be as aware of it as you can. Just be aware. Work on your own shit and uh, be very conscious of your own shit, but also be aware of everyone else's as well. Don't forget about them. Patience pocket. Patience pocket. All right, that's all we got time for today. We'll be back next week. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you guys again for listening. Hakuna ma fuck it, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. Make noise and be free. We're doing it, guys. (laughs) Every day is a struggle, but we're doing it. Every day is a struggle. Life is a highway, yes. (laughs) (laughs) For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to cavecomedyradio.com.